Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Do You Say, Satoshi Kone. I am your host, Peter, and on today's episode, we are reviewing the 2006 Satoshi Kone movie, Paprika. Joining me today, first, Johnny. Johnny, how's it going today? I'm doing great, thank you. Joining us as always, and by always, I mean sometimes, Happy. Happy, how's it going? I'm doing good. You know, uh... Last Satoshi Kone movie we saw was Perfect Blue, which was, you know, dark, disturbing. But uh, then I heard Cack, it absolutely curved down on Anime Jeopardy. <laughs> that is a callback to Anime Jeopardy 3, which you can check out on our YouTube page if you like anime trivia. Uh, joining us, as always, this time, as always, is our first moderator of the night, Miles. Miles, how's it going? Oh, you know, it's going good. As Taylor Swift said on her... Um, possibly her best album but certainly album of the last decade uh 1989 in the song wildest dreams say you'll remember me standing in a nice dress staring at the sunset babe red lips and rosy cheeks. say you'll see me again even if it's only in our wildest dreams <laughs> okay thank you for that taylor swift aficionado miles and our second moderator of the night we have young patty mills pat how's it going Hello, I took a break from the basketball court uh, to get out here, uh, but actually, yeah, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm excited to talk more about uh, a Satoshi Kone movie that, you know, the, f the first one that we covered, Perfect Blue, was was quite uh, quite something, and, and I mean that in the nice, like, a good way, But uh, and, and I think this one was too, so I'm excited to talk about it. But yeah, so uh, just to get right into it, why don't we start with our uh, first impressions? So this is uh, spoiler-free. Uh, since it's a movie, it's not the first three episodes of the show. It's uh, probably like, let's say, first 15, 20 minutes, first act of the movie. Uh, why, you know, you start with spoiler-free impressions, whether you recommend the show or, or movie or not, and uh, what you like, disliked, what, what you might think about it. Uh, anything else you want to throw in there, too. So, Miles, why don't you start us off? Yeah, sure. So this was my recommendation. I started recommending it after I saw a gif of someone like putting their hand into someone's body and then like peeling their face off to reveal someone else's face underneath it. And I was like, that is a trip I want to go on. Um, so I was expecting something relatively trippy. And then after watching Perfect Blue, I was certainly still expecting something very trippy. Um, I would say I got that, um, but it was, I guess, less trippy than I thought. Or, but uh, it was also more fun. Uh, I loved Perfect Blue, but I wouldn't say it was fun. Um, like, I didn't have fun watching it, but I, I had a lot of fun watching Paprika. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend this movie. Um, you know, do I think it's a masterpiece? We'll find out as this episode goes on, but it's definitely a thumbs up for me. 
there you go. Uh, so a thumbs up from Miles. So you would recommend it, uh, I'm assuming, uh, going forward. Uh, who would you recommend it for specifically? Like what, what people might be looking for? Oh, yeah. So like, I, I don't. if you liked the movie Inception and you like anime, you'll like Paprika. Yeah, the movie that inspired Inception. There you go. That's that's a great recommendation. That's a good point. Uh, according to the director of Inception, at least I, I read somewhere that he he said that this this anime inspired him. So that's pretty damn cool to cool to know. Uh, next up, uh, Happy. What have you got for your first impressions, recommendations, etc.? All right. So um, so let me just run down my understanding of uh, Satoshi Kon's film. So like on one end of the spectrum, I believe you have movies like uh, Perfect Blue and Paranoia Agent which are like really dark and cynical and not happy. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have like uh, Tokyo Godfather, which is all like really happy and cheery and, you know, all about Christmas miracles and whatnot. And then uh, Paprika is like right somewhere in the middle where it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but there's a lot of color and splendor and beauty. And it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. And uh, I really enjoyed this movie. so. What I recommended, yes, maybe with some some small caveats, but overall, yes, I would recommend this movie. Fair enough. So, uh, who would you not recommend it for, based on those caveats? Like, uh, is there a certain, uh, you know, uh, based on our conversation about Perfect Blue, I think you should be able to guess. That's fair enough. So, yeah, so people who are not, uh, who can't handle like physical horror is one thing. Like the, the and like my miles described just seen in it already with uh yes, the hand right. like that's yes, yeah, yes. Psych- I mean, and psychological that, horrors people that, who don't like that it. yep all right there you go so people who don't like that kind of stuff stay away from this movie uh i can definitely agree with that uh so good good analysis so good work um uh johnny what have you got psychological horror stuff so for me like that stuff like i don't it's not that i like i've said this previously on the podcast i don't get scared by it but it's just i don't I don't see the appeal of it, so. But I think like Paprika, like as as both uh, Miles and Happy I said before, it's like it's like in between. I feel like the topics it talks about are still just as dark as Perfect Blue, but the presentation makes it seem a lot more like a lot more like harder. Like you see all the goofy animations, the absolutely insane sequences in the dreams with like the all the crazy faces and dolls and whatnot. Yeah, and I and also I like the animation of the show. I think it was I think it looked pretty bright and colorful, and I liked how fluent the animations were. In terms of why I would recommend this, like this wasn't this like this type of show isn't something I would look out. I would go out of my way to watch. Like I would only watch this for the podcast. But if you're if you're into these sort of things, then yeah, I would say uh, definitely recommend this. That makes sense. Uh, it seems like you uh, had a lot of the same uh, feelings that Happy Miles did for sure. All right, Pete, why don't you? Uh... And why don't you give our, your impressions as well? Yeah, it was really cool since this is the second Satoshi Kon movie that we've seen on uh, Watch Club. It was really cool to see the transition from Perfect Blue to this and the eight years, I believe, the gap and seeing just the quality and animation and style that it was how much better it's gotten over the years. And it was really cool, but at the same time, really sad to see that Satoshi Kon is no longer alive. And just thinking about where his legacy would be if he was still alive. Like, would he be in the same category as Miyazaki? Because this is like, I thought, I thought Perfect Blue was a masterpiece. I thought this was just like a little step below Perfect Blue. And I really enjoyed just the style of his animation, the style of his stories. Would I recommend this? Absolutely. I wouldn't recommend this to people who have like 
awful ADD because similar to Inception, I think you need to pay attention to like what level they're in or what layer they're in. And I, I feel like, you know, just like the ogres of the onions that they have in this, there's just so many layers that you need to pay attention to in the movie. So I, I would definitely recommend this to do people who enjoy the, like the psychological mystery uh, Inception style movies. That's completely fair enough. I like that the analogy, the uh, bringing memes into into reality. It's not a uh, meme. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Fair enough. You're right. You're right. Um, Please don't talk about that video. So, uh, so I liked your um, use of the uh, the movie Inception there, and talking about how people with ADD will struggle to follow this film. And as someone with ADD, I worked so hard to watch this film and try to understand it, and I completely agree with you that it was hard to follow i think it was hard to follow without add so that only makes it worse so i can definitely agree with you that if you if you have that um disorder or, or something similar you know you just have trouble focusing you you need to you can't have your phone out while you're watching this you have to exactly be looking at the screen the entire time uh so that is a uh, one uh, one of my recommendations myself is that if you are watching this movie make sure you give it the attention that it well, that deser- that anything deserves, but it that this one needs to to truly be appreciated. Um, outside of that, I'd I'd echo a lot of the same points. Uh, Pete also mentioned the legacy that Satoshi Kon left. Um, his final blog, I, I have a quote from it regarding uh, his final testament. Is that, is how he phrased it? He says, uh, "With feelings of gratitude for all that is good in this world, I put down my pen. Well, I'll be leaving now. Um, I think that that's a uh, it shows you that while he came to peace with with his death, and he he still might have felt like he had more that he could write, and and I really wish we got to see that. So, um, and especially after doing, I think what two out of the last three shows we've done have been Satoshi Kon movies. I um, I I know I, I truly appreciate uh everything he's done, uh, even more so. Um, well, the other things I can think of uh that were different from you guys was uh it was fun or like nostalgic to hear the old madhouse like logo screen sound i don't know if you guys uh thought the same thing when it popped up you know the first 10 seconds of the film uh and then the only other thought that i had was how hard this film must have been to translate into from like japanese into english subtitles because you know like uh, with how how many words in japanese are used for the same are used for different meanings, but sound the same in the same way that like um, certain English words are, but even more so in Japanese. I, I feel like it's uh, this movie would be so hard, especially in the dream sequences with all these w- expressions that don't make sense, you know, like, oh, the sky is looking dreamy or, or whatever, like, like things that don't, would not translate well. I can only imagine were difficult to translate. So I uh, special shout out to the people who did the subtitling for this film. I think uh, I think they did a great job and uh and it was quite enjoyable, but yeah. So, uh, moving on. Uh, this is a spoiler zone now. Any uh, anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled for events that happened in this movie, please uh, beware. Keep you know, don't either pause us and come back to us, or or just be warned that we will be talking about uh, everything that happened in this movie. It's about an hour and a half long. Two thousand six. Don't know if we mentioned that yet or not. But uh, but yeah. So uh, Miles, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I'm going to like sneak in a little topic here because I had two people, two of y'all mentioned that. And I, I sort of had the opposite feeling on that. And that was the ability to follow what was happening in this movie. Um, so 
one of the, I guess, and it's a small issue, and this will sound like a dumb issue, but one of the small issues I had with this movie is that I felt like I knew exactly what was happening the entire time the movie was going on. And that didn't lead me into, like, it, you know, like, that sort of takes away from, like, the dreaminess of it, you know? Like, and it, I don't, was there, like, I guess, what parts did you consider hard to follow? Maybe I missed something. Um, or, you know, the, uh, we haven't heard from Happy or Johnny on this. Like, did you guys find it hard to follow or did you think everything was pretty self-explanatory? Um, we'll start with hearing from those two and then we'll, we'll head to Pat and Pete to see what they thought about, like, you know, what parts of it had to be pieced together. Because, like, Perfect Blue, I would totally agree with. Like, I thought you had to piece a ton of stuff together. But with this, I just sort of thought it went from A to Z and you know all the letters were where they were supposed to be in between um that was my thought so johnny what what were your thoughts on that like uh did you have an easy time following the plot were there any parts you found confusing etc you said with perfect blue it's it's a like this paprika was a lot easier to follow than perfect blue because you can tell like when it when it's a dream sequence it is very clear that as a dream sequence they go through the whole process of like you know falling asleep or the events are so bizarre you have to just assume that it's a dream yeah in that aspect it was a lot easier to follow than perfect blue i knew what was going on almost every time it's just some parts of it were still in some parts of it were still like a little bit ambiguous by the end like it took me a while to understand who paprika really was and like why the head of the corporation like the bald guy was evil i guess but for the most part this this was a lot easier to follow than perfect blue okay um and happy do you have any thoughts on that so for me i think the only hard part i had following it was like when they were in a dream and like what level of a dream they were in because it seemed like they would be in reality and then it would just suddenly switch like oh i guess they're in a dream now but I get even so, it was still much easier to follow than Perfect Blue, even especially with some of the hints they drop. Like, I think the director guy somewhere early on said that, oh, now this device is able to invade people's dreams even when they're awake or something like that. Yeah, so people thought they were in dreams when they were awake because people's dreams could be implanted onto the conscious mind um, and it just slowly enveloped it. That was a point uh, early on. Right, right. Yeah, so that's where I I think I, I understood that. Uh, and to to go along with the, the other guys have said too, yeah, so it's comp when in comparison to Perfect Blue, <laughs> yes. this is A to Z, very simple. Uh, all the layers in the right place. But I still think that, especially near the end, well, like, these people, they were shown to be having these dreams, right? But they were still walking and talking and and it was their reality right like so the, the yes. office people who walked out the the short danny devito who yeah <laughs> almost walked out and even even our main titular or not titular because she's not paprika she is paprika uh atsuko uh almost walking off of the balcony right like she was shown to have these like dream sequences but still be in reality and awake and, and moving where I started to get confused was when um, those when dream like the dreams themselves actually started happening in reality. You know, like when mm -hmm. when the the world just suddenly started sinking into a black hole or whatever whatever the hell it was. Like that was when I was just starting to be like, 
all right, so this is one big dream, right? And then they're going to wake up and it's all going to be fixed. But like, no, it actually did happen. And that that's where I think that was probably my biggest gripe with the film too. Like it, it kind of lost me there because it was all the sci-fi elements were still like somewhat grounded in reality. Like you could believe that someone who was still awake could be subconsciously or because of the, the things that were being planted in their mind could believe that they were in this dream world and were walking down the street, you know, parading away or, you know, just not consciously walk, uh, being aware of their surroundings but then to actually have like the dreams blend with reality so much to the point where the dreams are actually in reality i that's where it lost me and i was just like wait so what is, what exactly is going on and i i actually haven't seen inception by the way either so maybe um that has an impact on my understanding of like the blending as well i, I i'm curious to see what if you guys have seen it as well i'm assuming most of you have because it's a very popular movie but um I don't know. I, I just, that's where the movie started to lose me. What about you, Pete? What have you got? So I went into it knowing that this was going to be something similar to Inception. So my mindset was, I'm just going to assume everything that's going on in the movie is a dream. And if I, and yes. then, and then when go. it like cut to like a different, I'll say like sequence or like arc in the movie, if it wasn't a dream, then I'll be like, oh, that wasn't a dream. And I could just like move on with the rest of the movie. Um, I wouldn't say, like, confusing is the word. It was more just, like, putting the pieces together. I wasn't super confused. There's like, one or two spots where I was like, oh, they're in the dream. Or, oh, there wasn't actually a dream. So there's just some spots. Like, the scene where she's, like, jumping off the ledge type of thing. Where I thought that was a dream the whole time. And it wasn't. Because it was because like you saw like the girl in the closet. I'm like, oh, it's a dream. Okay, but then it actually wasn't. So I was like, oh, that was like uh, kind of like hit and miss type of thing. But wasn't confusing. I actually really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, I think I'm probably gonna be like the highest praise of this movie. Um, I guess we'll get to like the negatives later, where I think we're gonna like maybe digress a little bit. But yeah, I was well, not too confusing if you were like paying attention. And I think if you saw Inception, I think it definitely helped. Yeah, well, like, I, yeah, so you're right. Confusing maybe isn't the wrong word, but, like, maybe it's because I saw Perfect Blue as well before seeing this, where I was sitting there and I was reading every line of dialogue and, and checking, like, almost every frame of animation just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I wonder almost if that over or over attempt to like see something yeah. was causing me to yes. second, second guess myself or sit there, which, of course, that's not entirely my fault, but it also, it, you know, because like it, if you've come to expect it, then or yeah, you know, because because of the the past movies or past experiences with the director, then I don't think it's really your fault to have that expectation going in. But uh, it probably definitely impaired how I saw it. I guess you know, like now, constantly every every sequence, like Pete said, is this a dream or is this not? Like, and when it didn't tell me, I just assumed it was a dream or or assumed it wasn't. Like there there's so many times that I was lost. But yeah, go ahead, Moss. So I guess like the way that I looked at it is because it is established pretty early on that dreams and reality are merging in some sense. Um, you know, you don't need to be asleep to dream. You can experience other people's dreams just remotely because that's what the machine can do because they didn't put any safeguards on it. Um, and, like, I was just... I, I basically just took everything at face value and was like, it will. this will at some point show me if it's a dream or not. Things can actually be reality and still have dreamlike things in it because we're seeing these from like a particular character's point of view like how you know the danny devito was you know walking down the hallway still doing the same stuff he was but he was just perceiving reality differently 
um, you know, be that dreaming or not, it's just a way of like altering people's perceptions. Um, so I think the difference between how we looked at this pet was that I kind of learned quickly that I didn't have to really delve into it and like look at all of the minutia and stuff. Um, and that's that's sort of what bummed me out that that like effort wasn't required where it was for something like Perfect Blue. And I think that's actually a little unfair now that I think about it, because if I was to watch another Satoshi Kon film like Tokyo Godfathers or something, uh, I wouldn't expect that to be, you know, I'm not going to be analyzing that for mind fucks everywhere. Like things are allowed right. to be what they're going to be, and I shouldn't have my expectations imprinted on them. Um, but that's something we can talk about um, later. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think that's that's a good point. That um, I don't know, like it's so. Uh, this movie is so often compared to Perfect Blue because they are the two psychological thrillers that he's done. Other than what was the other one that Happy mentioned earlier? Um, gosh, uh, that was, names. Yeah, oh, like Paranoia Agent. That's Paranoia Agent. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. The, so the, that's the third one. The th the three P's or whatever is what they're called. The that Satoshi Kon did that are all very psychological. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like this is the least, uh, or a lot less psychological than um, Perfect Blue was in terms of, yeah, like needing to understand or see uh, see that there's so many different things going on at any given point. But yeah, so uh, why, why don't we just start talking about uh, some of the things that we really liked about this mm -hmm. movie? Does anyone uh, want to jump in first? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I and I, 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 you know, I imagine that this aspect will be very positive for everyone. But like, I loved. Um, like the animation, it was like very fluid in my mind, the transitions in the scene, which I guess is more of like a direction, but it happens at like the beginning when you're seeing Paprika, like jump around in dreams, essentially. Um, and, you know, later on when they're in a dream, you see her doing a similar thing where she becomes like a, like a cloud, cloud rising Saiyan. And then she like switches yeah. into like her ability to like use the dreams to their full potential sort of like a lucid dreamer where everyone else is getting caught up in the story of it uh is really cool and then along with that i thought the color palette of the uh movie did like a really good job of just being very vibrant and dreamlike and all of that um another scene similarly is in our detectives dreams where it's like just going to different movies and stuff and like the transitions between all of those i thought was really cool um, yeah Especially the final sequence with uh, the director, um, or, or with the the police officer, Tony uh, Konakawa is his name. Uh, yeah, like having it sequ, uh, you know, just sequentially go through the movies that we had been seeing bits and pieces of the entire time in his dreams to actually seeing them uh, finished, so to you know, like or or concluded, I guess. Uh, I thought that was uh, really well done. Uh, what else did you guys find uh, to be really well done or, or that you thought was the strengths of this movie? I'll bank off Miles just in terms of the animation. I thought the car scene where they're going to the director's house for the first time, I love that scene because I think Johnny says it a lot. Where like Water is like the hardest thing to animate in anime. And just like, it is, it is. And there's like a really minor scene where they're talking about the dreams coming together and it's two like raindrops on the windshield coming together and dripping down. I thought that was so clever. And I was just like, I, there's a few moments, a few scenes in the movie where I just went like, fuck yeah. Like as yeah. soon as that happened, I was like, yes, that was genius. Something so minor. So, um, 
and there's another minor thing that I want to talk about when we bring up a different discussion topic. Um, but there are some like really cool scenes that I like that I'm all like save for later. So yeah, that's that's my two cents. I loved that scene too. I saw it happen and I was like, oh, that's that's intentional. Like the water is piecing itself, to, or you know, the, the the things are merging together. They're becoming one. Oh, that was yeah. That scene. There's so many cool transitions where you it, it didn't even feel like a transition. You were just like, whoa, where am I now? And that. I, I, Inception, I'm uh, from the clips I've seen of it, and I haven't seen the full movie, but I've seen clips. Does that as well, where they'll just transition entirely, or like the screen will almost like flip sideways, and suddenly you're in a different room, and it, it's so cool. Like you can, it, this movie did that really, really well. Uh, Johnny, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I was about to go on with the P and all the minor details. There was, there was the one scene where you like the scene where like the main girl, what's her name again? Uh, Atsuko, uh, the yeah, Atsuko. I, it was when she, it was when like before she almost fell off a railing, and in a dream sequence she had to go over a rail, and she was there like, yeah. she was there kind of hesitating. Like I really like, I really like that. Like it showed like the, I don't know, it's just the small details that make it seem so interesting. Yeah. So like, uh, for those that didn't see the movie or, or are forgetting, uh, basically the scene was she during her dream sequence she walked up to this railing. And that was when, in reality, she was all, like basically about to jump out of a, a skyscraper when, when her co-worker saved her. She came across that same railing when she went to the amusement park that she was dreaming of in person. And she touched the railing and was like, is this real? Like, do I, am I actually here or am I dreaming? And like her second guessing herself, that was a really nice touch to show the once again, the blending of reality with the dream world. Uh, I really like that as well. Um, again, I like everyone else has talked about the animation in this is, is stunning. I mean, I, I messaged Miles like 10 minutes into watching this movie. And I was like, this is a 10 out of 10. Like that opening sequence when the song plays for the first time and she's jumping between cars and she's doing all these different, uh, like moving into an advertisement and take, and in, you know, she, she walks into a, a farm advertisement and she's there with the cows or something i don't think that actually happens but that's like the idea of what's happening she's transporting between these different advertisements that that scene was so so cool and, and i was just blown away and i was like oh yeah this is what this movie's gonna be like like i can't wait and for the most part it was and before we get to happy's opinion i just now that you say that the sound and the music in this movie were incredible there's a scene where um they're like the uh katsu is like it, he comes out of his robot he's reborn he's like sucking in um the world or the dream sorry and there's like a scene where uh konakawa is like holding on for life and the music and the sound at the same time was just incredible it sounded like you were in like a tornado while like this epic like music was playing it was so well done yeah the, the music was like i if i heard the song like that played throughout the movie i would recognize it you know i know that you can say that because like oh i only watched it a day or two ago like no you you will remember that sound or that song that was playing every time that she was jumping around dreams or that they were you know going through those sequences the sound the sound was fantastic which i think we came to expect after perfect blue as well that would where you know perfect blue had those idle performances while also having good sound design and music in general i, I guess again it's what you expect from satoshi Kon at this point but yeah so happy what have you got for us um, so I felt that, can we move on to the, did you want to talk about, uh, comparing that to Perfect Blue? Because I Yeah, like, if we want to use your top, your thing to segue into, like, a comparison between uh, the two, um, sure, sure, sure. okay, good. fair enough, fair enough, okay, so I'll go with that. 
So I feel like the titular paprika slash it was Atsuko, was it? Yep. Yeah, Atsuko, whatever, okay. Chiba, something. Yeah. Yeah, Chiba, yep. So I feel like she's basically um, Mima from Perfect Blue, like more positive. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly not, she has like the same split personality trope, but in like a positive way where like Keeper, Paprika is just like this uh, other side of her personality. And it's kind of cool how it was manifested in like the uh, dream world where she like had conversations with Paprika and kind of even argued with her at one point. So I I like I just like the fact that it was a more positive take on that split personality trope. Uh, another thing is the <clears throat> you know the scene, <laughs> the rape scene, which I still oh, didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> from Perfect Blue, you're saying? Sorry, yeah. Was... Oh, oh, well, not, or from no, this I mean, movie I mean, even, yeah. Uh, from this, from this movie, yes. So I still didn't really care for that, but. I've I at least appreciated that it was much shorter and that it wasn't dwelt on it as much. Like, it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie as much as it did from uh, Perfect Blue. Are you talking about the scene where, like, he, like, rips her in half? And then, like, it, it yeah, shows like Chiba, like, her real self? Context, Pete. That, that's the one, yep. That's the one. Just that's just clarifying, scene. Johnny. No, it's you're right. Nope. Scene. Yep, Pete's right. That's the scene. That's the exact yeah. scene I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 because I would like to discuss that scene compared to Perfect Blue as well. So that's what I just want to oh, double sure, check. Sure, 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 sure. Yep, that was the scene. Yep. I yeah, think no. I think that scene both served the context to the show actually like really well. I thought that it was exposed, not exposing, but like showing for real like who Paprika is inside of the dream world and who she is outside of the dream world and the dude's fascination with because uh, the whole time the the characters are obsessed with paprika not chiba and then this guy is the exact opposite where he wants to get rid of paprika and show chiba and i thought that was a really just cool scene to like show the characters like villainous side of why he's doing this that's interesting yeah no i agree that he um he was doing this out of desperation and you know a want for the attention and the the love or the or whatever of um atsuko you know he he says earlier in the film he idolizes her he thinks she's no matter what he can do he can never be her um and so you can see how he could be driven to the point of doing the bad things they did or becoming the puppet essentially for the the chairman uh at that point in the film you know and and you know, he, he gets his redeeming moment as well when he fights off the chairman or, or stops him from uh, eliminating or whatever, however you'd want to phrase it, like getting rid of Atsuko. Um, I think that, yeah, the, so that scene was, was pretty, um, I, I thought animation-wise, again, we, we keep harking back to it, but it was so cool seeing her, like the, the gift that sold Miles on it, the, the ripping her in half or whatever. That was such a cool uh, animation moment and uh the use of the butterflies as well um or the yeah the guy clearly has an an obsession with nature the chairman does and so setting her up pinned up just like the butterflies are in um in people's collections uh, like biology class and like disinfecting yeah yeah, dissecting a worm or something yeah well yeah it's like she was like pinned up like a doll or pinned up like the butterflies would be uh you know, to be like an exhibit or, or however you would want to phrase that. And I thought that that was uh, a really nice touch as well. Yeah, I so 
springboarding off of happy, what I really, and as I think about it more, I can see more, there are, really are, it's like in some ways very reconstructive of Perfect Blue, where you have, uh, like a lot of these characters have Mima in them. Um, you know, like our detective is also someone who is like torn between two different uh, phases of his life, like two different like job roles or whatever. Um, and, you know, his internal turmoil about that, similar to um, Mima's like actress and idol personalities or whatever. Um, and then you have, like, as Happy said, like Paprika just sort of being taking it like face value. Like, yeah, this is a part of me. Um, you know, this is just like, it's like very accepting um, Chiba is of this like other side of her. And like, he, she blows it off sometimes, but it's like very, um, like, compared to how Mima and I forgot Mima's female manager <laughs> handled that sort of thing. It's like very positive. And I think this whole movie is just so much more positive than Perfect Blue throughout the entire thing. It's a lot more hopeful at the end. Um, and, you know, people decide, you know, that either they're okay with where they are, or they're going to, you know, change their lives up, follow their dreams a little bit more or whatever. Um, and I, I thought that, you know, it's honestly kind of refreshing. Um, I, I do like downer stuff, but, you know, it's been a tough year. So something that's uh, uh, bright and vibrant, uh, I think, it juxtaposes itself very well to Perfect Blue. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, very fair. Um, I don't know. So yeah, a lot of us were talking about our in our impressions, our enjoyment levels of like Perfect Blue versus this. I I think I actually, contrary to a couple of the other people that have said so far, I actually enjoyed Perfect Blue more, mainly because it felt like all of the attention that I was paying and the and the the piecing together that i was trying to do it felt like it paid off more in perfect blue than it did at the end of this movie um i i i was frustrated i think almost by the the lack of things to put together at the end of this movie um i i don't know if other people felt similarly or not but that 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 of course again still a great movie but i so, that's how i felt yeah i i agree with you i, I just want to use the term enjoy like it, it there are some shows and movies where I just sort of like in perfect blue is one of them. Uh, like they don't like, I don't have fun watching them. Like I really right. like, I'm glad I watched them and I guess in like, it's an enjoyment, but it's not pure enjoyment. If that makes sense. It's like a, like when I watch, and I know you haven't seen it yet. So sorry for bringing it up, but like end of Evangelion is one of those movies where I watched end of Evangelion. And I was like, I fucking hated this. This movie is like terrible. I feel sick mm. to my stomach for watching this. Um, and then I kept thinking about e End of Evangelion for weeks after. And I was just like, yeah, I guess it's pretty good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's and, completely it, fair. That's what yeah. Perfect Blue did for, for that's me as That's what well, it did yeah. for me. I, I hated Perfect Blue when I finished it. I was like, I hate this. I hate what this has to say. I hate how it said it. I hate all of it. And then I kept thinking about Perfect Blue. And I was like, Damn, Perfect Blue is pretty good, huh? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and so this is sort of the opposite, where I'm just like, you know, right at the end, I'm like, that was fun. I had a good time. I don't, I don't think I'm going to think about this movie forever. Um, I don't think I'm going to be annoyed that I have to raise its score in the future or anything like that. Yeah. Um, 
but I, it was a good time. And I think that there's value in that, um, is all I was trying to say. Um, no, that's completely fair. I, I know I was just bringing up that comparison because I was like, oh, well, I, I'm curious too. Like, did, would you rather like which movie? Not necessarily. Would you rate higher? Like, like you were saying, like you know, you might rate End of Evangelion highly, but it doesn't mean you loved watching it. You know, like there are plenty of things that you you can watch and say that critically that that was really well yeah. done, or it had a cool message. Uh, I don't know, like Mononoke is that for me where like I didn't enjoy watching it very much, but I can objectively look at it and say that was art. Like that was really well done. Um, I so like to go further into the the lack of a, a of a clear message at the end of the movie because like i think paprika you can or not paprika uh perfect blue you can take so many different messages and or uh topics that were brought up in the movie and examined in this one uh there there was no real clear message to me at the end of the movie other than something that i wrote down in my notes like in the middle of one of the weirdest dream sequences i wrote down the mind that thought of this this like movie or the dream sequences is so fucked up but but that is the point of this movie is that yes. your your mind can create such weird and you know there's nothing wrong with owning up to this i'll own up to it right now i don't care if you guys do or not you're lying if you don't you've had some weird fucking dreams in your life you've had moments where you've woken up and you've been like why the where the hell did that come from what is this dream that i had it is a and, and that's kind of like what those things that were shown in the dream sequence were you know these russian dolls the alligators carrying bottles of liquor that are in wheelchairs that are pushed by um elephants with birds on their noses like all this random weird shit just to put it very bluntly just random shit that like how could your mind it, it's so hard to fathom that your mind could come up with that but it's completely real and that's that's what i really liked about it. so that was my the main message that i got because then again i was searching for other messages or uh, you know with the conclusion of the uh show or movie i was waiting for like a big like oh you know like putting it all together moment and i never really had that i i wonder uh if anyone else can, can i bank on that real quick yeah um because i i think like the difference between like this and Perfect Blue was Perfect Blue was up to interpretation. We we discussed it for two hours and we still didn't have like an idea. This one has like a clear cut like answer. But with you said being the dream sequences being like wacky tabacky, I was gonna ask everybody as well as along with Pat's like question, like weird things that happened in your dreams that maybe you saw in the movie. And I will give you an example. There's a scene where Paprika and Chiba are in the same scene in a dream sequence towards the end. And Paprika, like, turns a corner, like, super, super, super wide. Like, if you're, like, running and you need to turn a corner, a lot of people just, like, cut and turn. And she, like, takes this, like, long roundabout way. And it resonated with me because, like, in nightmares, in my nightmares, I can't run straight. I can only run diagonal. So I was wondering if you guys had something similar to that and that maybe you saw in the movie that you also have in your dreams. Priest and chess? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah, that, uh, so, John, you had something to throw on there. That is a good point, though, Peter. Yeah, yeah like the nightmare. Yeah, so aspect. about the psychological, and I think this might be a reason as to why I'm not scared of this stuff is because I am an, I am actually a vivid dreamer. I can tell when I am in a dream. Wow. So, yeah. so like, sometimes I just have, like, 
well, like it, it, it's obviously different. Not all my dreams are vivid, but a lot of them are. It's just when I'm, when I know I'm in the situation, it's like, okay, what is going on? This is obviously a dream. I can just subconsciously wake up from a dream if I want to. Mm-hmm. But then also sometimes I'm just like, this is so bizarre. I want, I want to stay in this dream to see what's going on, and I can actually do that. Can you Sometimes. fall back asleep and continue the same dream? No, I, I cannot. Oh, I can do that, and it's great. Unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunately, I cannot, but I've wanted to do it so badly. Because sometimes, like, sometimes I'd be in the middle of, like, this really good dream. I'm like, okay, I want to see what's going on. And then my dog just starts barking for no fucking reason. So then I wake up, and I try to go back to sleep. I'm like, god damn it, I can't remember what happened. Well, yeah, like, you guys are bragging about that, and it's like, me, meanwhile, I'm over here, like... I don't remember most of my dreams or, or acknowledge that I have them, but when I do, it's usually because I'm like extremely tired and I just passed out. And it's like they just happen, and I, I have no control. They, they, I am just along for the ride, and so that's so funny so that you, I. So am, you only know you're dreaming once you wake up. Pretty much, usually. Uh, like, I mean, there are some times where I'm just like, all right, yeah, this would never happen in my real life. Like, I'm a fucking loser. I'm a loner. Like, you know, that kind of thing. But then, like... That's I, a depressing I, way to view it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. Yeah, I'm, I'm in joking. a room with three other people. This can't be real. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, so yeah. Help and I. Um, but yeah, like, there are moments where I'll just be like, yeah, this would never happen. I would never interact with this person. So, like, I'll know it. Sub- I guess subconsciously I'll know that I'm not dreaming, but then like I, it'll still keep happening though. It's not like I'll be like, oh, I need to wake up from this, or yeah. oh, let's try to change what's happening. It just keeps going. I don't know. Ha- happy, are you the same way? I- I'm very curious. Uh, we we do not delve into the subconscious of happy very often, so I would love to hear some. Uh, <laughs> hear hear what's your, so, your thoughts on this. I'm I'm more like I think I think I'm more like you, where I I usually don't remember my dreams, and the few I do remember, I only know I was dreaming. Like after the fact, I've even mm-hmm. had dreams where uh, I'll like remember something happening, and then I'm like, "Wait, that's not right. Was that was that a dream?" Was yeah, that a dream it, when that I happened? have the same moments. Those happen to me all the time. Don't worry. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay, so that's yeah. good to know. And, and uh, Pete, what about you? What are your What's your stance on this uh, this dream thing? Uh it's like hit and miss, I guess. I do. I remember, like, growing up, I still remember this when I was a kid, I had a vivid dream. Did anyone play Turok the Dinosaur Hunter on N64? Yes. Okay. The aiming system was terrible. I still remember this this day, one of the most vivid dreams I ever had. I was being chased in the game in Turok, and the dinosaur was about to eat me. I paused the game, quit, and I woke up. Still, like, one of the most vivid things I've ever remembered in my dreams. So, it's like, but a lot of times I'm like, Pat, where I wake up, I'm like, oh, what? Oh, did I dream? Oh, I don't remember type of thing. Yeah. Uh, That's so funny. (laughs) So, the uh, the worst one I had was The Grim Adventures of Bill and Mandy. I think I had a dream, one of the monsters that I saw in that one time. Like, I I had such a vivid memory of, like, how terrified of one of the monsters I was that I dreamed it was chasing me one night. And other than that, I can't remember anything, like, long, long term. My my nightmares are always, and not always, but the majority of the time, conversations with people. Like, (laughs) like, I'll just, I'll I'll just be... (laughs) It's so, it's so fitting. It's so fitting. Yeah. That's why it's funny. I, you know, like it was, you know, someone that I either like, you know, like like reupping of like regrets that I have or something, or like right. of demons that I haven't dealt with in my life or whatever, um, and just like talking to those people for extended periods of time. Remember that um, one thing you said in seventh grade that you never forgot? Yep, real yeah. dream about it. <laughs> um. I did one dream I do remember, and I woke up crying because I was so afraid. And I was in a room, 
and all that was in the room was, it was a white room all the walls were white there was a clock and there was underneath the clock just a man sitting there um dressed in white and the dream felt like it took like five months like and i was just like going insane because it felt like i had been in there for five months and i like woke up woke up and i was so happy yeah, um, the Sukiyomi put on you. Uh, is it, is it sounds it, like that's from Naruto. Sorry, oh, okay. that dream happened yeah, yesterday. Wow. He actually DM'd me about it. He woke up crying. <laughs> I was like, Miles, it's okay. You're an adult. <laughs> I was an adult, but it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> you can't. So if you have a nightmare, you can't wake yourself up. So I can't. I normally can. Um, and I think that's what made that dream so scary. Uh, also, that like you felt like you suddenly lost the abilities. This yeah, like yeah, yeah, cause like, well, I stopped thinking that it was a dream because normally when I'm like, when something gets too real for me, I can just be like, okay, like when you feel like you have to go to the bathroom in a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? If I'm like, I, I'm not on board for where this dream is gone. Like it's, you know, we, we've gotten a little too dark or whatever. Like I'll just wake myself up as to it's not experience nice it anymore. Yeah. It is nice. Yes. Um, but yeah, you could be having a nightmare, and then you're just like, "Nope, I'm a, I'm a head yeah. out," and then you just it, wake it, up. It is nice. I couldn't do it that night. We, we have straight a little though. I was um, I was about to say. So yeah. now that our therapy session is done, <laughs> we uh, I can tie it all back to the original point that I brought up to launch us on this tirade, which is the mind that thought of this is fucked up. <laughs> but that's the point. So there we oh, go. That's up. that's how. Um, yeah, like everyone has fucked up dreams, and I thought that that was really cool to see it like actually drawn. And like I talked to my family because uh, I had dinner before this, and I told them about the movie. Like, I tried my best to explain it, and like I, I said to them, I was like, "This is like so. Um, it, this would be something that is impossible, impossible to do well." in like a live action format and i and specifically paprika because like obviously conception is like probably the best way that you could make a live action version of this movie right where um did you say conception he did he did, did. okay just checking i caught you know what's funny that's almost happened to me twice or three times so far but now I, that's the first time it actually came out that way um inception not conception the anime no um inception uh is the is the pretty much the only way that this could work live action because imagine like trying to have all those various dream sequences with her jumping in and out of paintings or um having like these weird um the weird things marching down the street the microwave singing and dancing like all, all that stuff can only be done in anime which is it's something i just like I, I think my family understood a little better why I like anime so much or why I, you know, am willing to run a club where we watch anime and talk about it for however many hours a week. Um, you know, I think they finally began to understand why I might, considering how I described the show to them, because they, they could not fathom the idea of it in like a live action format. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. Oh, no, I, I agree. I So I will. Here's the Miles hot take. Uh, I think Inception is probably one of the most overrated movies of all time. Um, it's like totally Please. fine. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I just don't like it. I don't think it's confusing. The top thing makes no sense. It wasn't his totem. Ugh. Um, the whole oh, thing spoilers. is spoilers. Sorry. No, I'm um, kidding. It's, it's spoiler zone. So go yeah, for it, years it, old. Yeah, like Inception is just I don't know. It's like visually stunning. The world folds on itself, and it's cool. None of it really makes that much sense, and they don't. 
really delve into any of the interesting implications of the concept of Inception in the movie. It's just a heist movie that takes place in someone's brain. Um, which, I don't know, I guess that is really cool now that I say it, uh, but, it but it could have <laughs> been cooler. sounds cool to me. <laughs> right, you're right. Uh, Inception was definitely cool, but no, I think that this definitely plays with uh, more ideas that I would have liked to see Inception play on. Um, or at least Inception play on in a more active way. Um, so, I, I mean, I think I agree with you. It's hard to do all of these transitions and stuff. Like, the, the movie-cutting sequence that it does uh, would be very hard to do in live action. Um, you know, just all of the quick cuts they do into different settings that and how smoothly they transition is just, you know, that's a very animated thing. Yeah, uh, that uh, I agree completely. So, yeah, um, why don't we get to uh, maybe some of the, the negatives that we have with this movie? Because we've talked about this movie, like... Where we're like, oh, it's great, but or oh, it was a cool film, but and, and I feel like that um, it's time to like explain maybe why or what certain aspects we didn't like very much. Like I, I already kind of hinted at it in the last section where I was saying that I felt this movie lacked a very distinct like theme or message that I usually come to expect with movies like this that are, you know, critiques on society or uh or whatever. I think that that was the main one of the main issues I had. Um, I also didn't like how it ended very much. I thought it was very bizarre. Um, it, like it, it, it felt like wrapped up, but not at the same time to me. I know that's a very weird way to describe it, but that's how I felt at the end of it. Um, not necessarily in like the wanting more way either, where it's like, oh, well, you got to read the manga. Like this was just what else is there to say? But at the same time, I, there's no, there was no real finish. I, I, I don't know. Does, do you guys agree or disagree? So I guess my issue with it relates a little bit to it, but it, it manifests slightly differently. I feel like they don't, um, like, I feel like there was more to explore. Um, like, uh, and we just, we are taking a lot of things for face value and it's totally fine to take those things for face value. Um, but it would be a little neater in my opinion, if we could go into why some of these phenomena are happening. Um, I think the most apparent thing about this is that the duality between Chiba and Paprika um, that is like kind of explained you know Paprika is just like I'm you but quirky and yeah. um, you know but like we don't really see that expressed we don't see her having that buried inside of her in the real world ever um, like she talks to Paprika um, but it's not like we never see it come out if that makes sense um why that duality exists is not ever addressed um and i think these are all just sort of you know like you don't have to answer these questions uh but it would be cool if we did um i think that since she's sort of the main character like i think that the show does do this stuff with our detective um like, it goes into why the stuff he's going through is there. It does this in a very neat way where it has, like, half reveals. Um, and where you, like, like I was wondering if he was dead the entire time at one point. Mm -hmm. um, and then they explain that, that why he isn't, like, what they meant by, like, him killing himself in, like, a very realistic, um, intelligent way, I thought. Like, I thought that made a lot of sense. Um, 
and I liked how all of that was put together, but that half of the movie with the detective and Paprika have working in his dreams, like where she was basically like a, a dream shrink, um, hit really well for me. And I thought that the other part of the movie, which was sort of the, you know, missing um, uh, the DC mini and the incursion of the dreams into reality and her herself and her issues that she was dealing with personally uh, suffered from not being touched upon very much. And that is why to me, the ending was just like, and it ended, you know, because we yeah, don't, exactly. we don't have, there's nothing felt. backing it up. It just ended. Um, like the thing happened. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's no like resolution either. Like, Oh, yeah. did they actually fix the problem of the dream world blending? we we see that but like how do they explain that to the public like how, how does how does all this destruction that happened get explained or addressed in any way like there, there's almost no no real addressing of that i don't know it was so bizarre to me i i was um just surprised when it ended it was just like oh he he bought the ticket and then it was over and i was just like, like really like that, that was it <laughs> like, like there's no one more scene or anything to like really wrap up what exactly happened like, i don't know that, that uh, pete did you feel the same way i felt like like kind of like what miles just said that there are some things left in the air that don't need to be answered uh your example of like how did everybody just experience this dream and what are the after effects of it it's like i, I don't need to have that resolution to be honest my biggest i don't know it's the same reason why i didn't give like uh princess mononoke a 10 was i didn't like the resolution between Shiba and Tokia of how we knew in the beginning that he had like a crush on her, but I never felt the, like that she had any like, like romantic feelings for him. To me, I felt like that she was like a mom because like when he was eating all that food at the dinner or the diner, she's like, Oh, like you need to stop, like essentially stop being a fat ass. That's pretty much like the words she said to him. Need to and, take care of your body, right? Yeah, yeah that, and I felt the exactly I felt. and I felt the resolution didn't need to have the romantic twist in it. It's the same way with, uh, like I said, Princess Mononoke, where I felt like the romantic elements in that movie was not necessary at all for the movie. And this is the same thing. I felt like they could have had like either like a friend bond or a colleague bond or a mother son bond because it kind of felt like he was a child in some aspects. And that's how I always felt through that entire movie and. That whole wrapping up of how they came to that conclusion really bugged me. Yeah, so I guess we can to to go further into that. Um, this was uh, while we were planning or preparing for our meeting tonight. Uh, this was like the main I think disagreement that Miles and I had, and um, I, I'm glad to hear I wasn't the only one who felt this way, Pete. That it felt more like a mother daughter bond or mother son bond kind of interaction throughout the movie, but I. To me, I interpreted Tokita, so he's the mad, uh, the, the genius behind the actual, like, realization or the physical existence of this dream-catching thing, the DC Mini, the, the device that allows this whole thing to happen. Um, the way I interpreted his character, especially because they made him so cartoonishly fat and incapable of social interactions and, and just understanding the basic necessities that he has to do to take care of himself um the way i interpreted that um was as someone who it was 
a child in the in the mind or, or was just so uh, mentally handicapped to the point where they could not do this sort of thing which is why i thought the romantic aspect at the end threw me for a complete loop because i was just like that is not at all something that someone of his mental capacity um or uh, capabilities i should say is that uh, i didn't expect that at all i didn't think that that was something that he he is capable of doing or that atsuko would feel that way towards him at all which is why uh, like i thought again like pizza i thought it was more like a motherly kind of bond where she's like oh i i watched him do all these amazing things like create this technology but now he needs to take care of himself like i'm worried about his health i'm worried about whatever whatever else is going on like that kind of thing so i and and miles uh, read that differently if you want to explain i guess your your side and and then maybe we can talk about uh, the differences. yeah um so like the way that i looked at it was that like she she has some very clear animosities towards his um shortcomings right like his weight his um focus you know like his sort of one-tracked mindedness all of that sort of stuff um but she does really like truly praise him um in a way that i found to be like very admiring um and not in like a mom way just like in a genuine admiration way not in like you know because like i could do anything and my mom would be like oh i'm so proud of you honey like you know uh, shout out to uh-huh. my mom if you make it this far to the podcast. I love you. Love you, mom. Um, and, <laughs> um, you know, but it's like... We love she you, Miles' like, mom. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, she was like... Is someone who, who really seemed to look at... And I think that she... She had this, like, hatred towards him and herself. Won her for, like, kind of being into him when he sucks. Um, you know when he's just like this complete slob and he just doesn't, he only focuses on his work and he doesn't take care of himself, you know, and he's just, he hasn't matured fully enough. Um, and then him, because she wants to be able to, you know, uh, have a life with him in some way, because she really admires like the mind inside this man. Um, but he won't, you know, deal with that, which is why when she confesses to him, it's very insulty. It's like, you're this stupid, fat piece of shit, and you're a complete idiot, but <laughs> with some work, we could totally make this happen. Um, and she's like, I, I'm going to like embrace trying this now, and I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, we're going to have the miles thumbed down for relationship approaches like that. Um, <laughs> Really? That, if you're gonna date thumbs someone, up if you agree with that. Uh, or, 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 yeah. Or, or, if you yeah. Li- if you like Miles's approach, give us a thumbs up. Yeah. Um, hit the like button if you think that you shouldn't date people where you have like three to four major stipulations that involve them changing their entire lives. Um, their appearance. And, there's a reason yeah. we didn't see very far into their future because odds are it wasn't going to work out, or he would have had to be on the Biggest Loser Japan. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, and yeah. uh, like and just no caring for his own health. And it's not even like you know, like it's not like I'm not trying to like fat shame here or anything. It's clearly his own fault. It's demonstrated that it's his fault that he is this weight many times um, throughout the show. It isn't a thyroid problem. He just eats too much. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that, like, to me, once that happened, I was like, 
this makes sense. I put these pieces together retrospectively. I wasn't expecting it, uh, but when it happened, I was like, there's enough there for me to think that this is a reasonable um, direction for this to go. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I, I, if he had fixed any of his problems throughout the course of the movie and we had any sense that perhaps he was going to turn his life around other than her being like, do it or else. Um, I, I would have been a bigger fan of it, you know? Uh, but I know that, um, oh, uh, yeah, that Johnny had thoughts on this too, that we talked about earlier. So if he wants to jump in, he absolutely. Yeah. Can. So, yeah, so I was, I was mostly on Miles' side. Like, like me too, I disagree with the ending. I think it's just, I think it's bad. It's probably the worst part of the show. But, like, the way I interpreted their relationship is, like, a co-worker that, like, it's like, a, it's like a co-worker. It's just, like, you, you kind of don't like them, but it's your job, so you have to cooperate with them. It's like, I, I didn't see the motherly part of it. I, I didn't see, like, that part of it, like, Pat and P did for the most part. And, the and for the ending with the relationship part, like that really did catch me off guard as well. I didn't think I didn't think it made a whole lot of sense. Same thing with Miles. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's so interesting because I, I I thought I saw her as being his boss, right? And again, so in a in a matriarchal way, being you know a female boss to to this male person, she was also frustrated by his shortcomings, and because she usually had to pay for them or had to deal with the the repercussions of them right and that's where i i was just like oh well that's like such a typical once again like a mother that that would not lead to a romantic interest that would lead that would almost be more motherly to be cleaning up the mess of your child or or taking care of your child because they are making mistakes and and needing to uh pay the price or, or repercussions of it again that i i don't know uh so again that's i guess it's my take and i don't know if that's you- as well I see the same problem. I just I just don't see it from a different perspective of you. It's not like yeah, not like I, from a mom. It's like from a coworker who's sick of their shit. You know. Yeah, I, I think we're all on the page that the relationship wasn't. Um, yeah, that's fair. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I think we, we can all agree that like it just didn't make sense for. Yeah. At that at, at that point, the story at least maybe three years in the future, she becomes a great guy. But yeah, he wasn't a bad guy, but he just like really did not have his life together in any anyway so like the first uh, thing we see if he's stuck in the elevator so well yeah Yeah. that's my problem with the narrative it's like uh or with the resolution that you guys are saying though is that like oh he needed to change it's like well in in a literal sense for his own health he needed to change but he was living a happy life he was living a life that had purpose because he was achieving his one the you know he only had one goal in his life but he was achieving it he was he was putting it to work. That's where I, um, I guess that that's where it loses me that, oh, he had to change so significantly um, for her. I didn't like that message, I guess. It was, it was where, I, where it was starting to frustrate Yeah, no, I mean, it's very similar to, um, oh, I can't think of the movie where the moral of the story is like, oh, Greece, um, where, you know what I mean? Like, you gotta, you gotta complete. You gotta shape up. Because I need a man, and her heart is stuck on, for some reason, Tokyo. Yes. Um, Where it's like the whole, like, uh, people fall in love and then conform themselves to the person they love as opposed to doing that uh, in in the correct order. Um, So, you know, I I agree. Not a very positive message. Um, 
you know, I don't necessarily think he was living a very happy and fulfilled life. I think he was a lonely guy, and I think that's demonstrated a little bit. Um, but regardless, uh, it, starting a relationship off with an ultimatum is just a risky play. Um, <laughs> very low percentage. Hey, go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that unless there was anything else someone wanted to talk about real quick, we can start wrapping up having our final thoughts. I just want to um, say real quick, if yeah. uh, anybody who works in office and you have an office mom, she, uh, Chiba just reminds me of an office mom. So that's why I viewed her as like yeah. the motherly figure and not the romantic figure. Shout out to office moms. They're great. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's that's why I, I interpreted it as well. So I'm glad, like, I'm glad that I was. I, f I thought I was the only one that saw it that way when we first started talking tonight. So I, I was a little nervous or, or worried that I would sound crazy, which like I never sound crazy. I don't. So. Yeah, I don't think it sounds no. crazy. I just like I, it's not the interpretation I got. I mean, the whole thing was done not great. So the fact that you interpreted it in a way that I disagree with isn't like surprising to me because I don't think it was well constructed. So, like, I think there are a lot of ways you can view that whole dynamic because I don't think any emphasis was put on that dynamic. And you have to literally back, like, you have to change everything, like, how you interpreted it in order for that to make sense. And, yeah. like, you're just choosing not to. And I'm like, sure, I guess I'll play along. And you're like, no, I'm it not came out of left this field. Dumb. Yeah, yeah it came completely out of left field. I had no in 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 inkling. So you didn't either during the your watch through of it your first time without thinking about it, you had no inkling that that was going to happen right that she was going to end up yeah absolutely not at not all in, until you I, went back I, in yeah, hindsight yeah. and made so it I could sense. retrofit it in a way that made sense mm -hmm. like I'm like okay well the hints are there I guess now that this has happened but I don't think that that's the type of thing that you want to uh, surprise your audience with uh, no. character relationships being a surprise like that are. And, and not like fit like not like Luke, I am your father, but like like the actual dynamic of how they interact with each other isn't something that you should uh, keep ambiguous in this manner. Sometimes it's good, you know. They're like, do they hate each other or are they gonna fuck? Like that's sort of fun like with Ray and Kylo. There you go, another Star Wars analogy. Uh, yeah, so that's I. Oh God, I love that because I was a huge Raylo person. Yeah, I, I really wanted them. You to bang. would. You um, would. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to get together, but I thought that their dynamic was oh, really interesting and was the best I, part. I'm really glad Finn got cucked, um, and yeah. that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to get into that. Sorry, I, I just thought that was a good comparison because you used uh, the, the loot comparison beforehand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so while, yeah, I guess we can move on and wrap up our, our thoughts. There's no real best boy and best girl, I don't think. Uh, that's not the type of show this was. It's not If Her Flag Breaks, you know, that masterpiece. Uh, so I don't think we're going to do best boy and best girl for the show. Uh, however, uh, we can still do our closing thoughts and our final scores. So why don't we start with Miles? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to spend my closing thoughts shouting out what I think my favorite part of the movie was that we unfortunately did not really get to delve into as much um which is the konakawa bits um, absolutely I, I, miles thank you yeah. um so i i thought that that was all very masterfully done they have this really interesting sequence and i know i mentioned it before where you're trying to figure out and you think it's like he has this dream and he's trying to solve this murder case and you're first led to believe that like this dream holds a key to like who did this murder in real life and over time you find out that this whole dream sequence is about um like him and giving up on his dreams and the loss of a friend that he had and his internal battle with himself 
um, about, you know, did he do the right thing? Um, you know, is it okay that he, you know, gave up on being a director? Um, and he's able to uh, regain a passion, but also be okay with where he is in life. Like he, he experiences very significant and real um, character growth where he used to, like, he would say like, I hated movies when they were really like his favorite thing. And he gets to a point where he can acknowledge and love and appreciate his movies without being torn up by the loss of his friend and the project they failed to finish together. But he's also okay with the fact that he became a cop and he is happy with the life he has now, which I think is like a very, very good character growth. The whole thing in how Paprika leads him through dreams in order for him to come to this like realization um, is amazing. I, that part of the movie is like literally an 11 out of 10 for me. I think it's great. Um, so for what I would score the movie, God, I don't, I can't decide. Um, I think I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Uh, I really liked it. It's very close to a nine. I think that, um, I think if like the, the, the split was just like instead of 60 40 the way it was to like 60 40 focusing on the uh the uh detective this would be a nine um uh but the movie is very good i think it's super enjoyable um uh, just compare it to another eight for a movie again i would say this movie is better than the girl who left through time which i think is like the quintessential eight um this is sort of like an eight and a half, but we're not allowed to do that. So I'm going to no. give it an eight. <laughs> I like that comparison. Uh, Cause I was thinking the same thing when I gave this an eight, I was like, Oh, what other movies have I given an eight? Like girl who left through time. And I think the ending for a girl who left through time was, if I recall from our discussions was the most disappointing part for both of us. Um, uh, so, yeah. And by like, by far, like the, we were enjoying it the whole time. And then just that ending did not fulfill what we wanted. And I think you could say the same thing about this one for sure. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, Happy, what have you got for your closing thoughts? Yeah, so I'll probably just repair it, what everybody else said. It is very beautiful. The music's great. The story is very, very, very intriguing. Um, it, I wasn't able to follow it completely, like, front to back, but I don't think that really detracted from the story. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to the, to the whole romance angle. I, that kind of flew over my head. So... With a couple caveats that I, we've already discussed, I would still give it an 8 out of 10. An 8 out of 10? All right, happy. That, is that your highest score you've ever given on this on this uh, podcast? I think it is. Uh, well, I gave Violet Evergarden an 8, so it's Okay, high. so there you go. So there you go. So time. I, 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 nope, actually, no. Madoka, I gave a 9. Let's, Let's go! go. <laughs> I've right, always right. said Happy has the best taste out of all of us. I've always <laughs> said it. That is, that is what he always has said. Uh, I can, I guess I can vouch for that with my with my head hidden behind the camera. So, uh, alright, thank you, Happy. Uh, Johnny, what have you got? So, so uh, like, going into this, like, obviously, from Perfect Blue, I had a lot of expectations and, like, Going into Perfect Blue, I had a lot of the similar opinions. Like, I wouldn't go out of my way to see this, but I wanted to see what it was about. And I enjoyed Perfect Blue. And the same way I enjoyed Paprika for the most part, it's just that I feel like Perfect Blue, even though it was more confusing, by the end of it, after you figure everything out, it just felt more rewarding. It's one of those shows that your that your rating of the show goes up over time as you think more and more about it. 
for this show, I just don't think that's going to be the case because after I watched it, I didn't really have any thoughts about it as to what was going on, like the other elements of it. So I just don't think like this is a show that's this is a show that's very memorable for me. It's like one of those like you just watch it, have a good time, and then you just move on with your day. So because of that, I'm I'm going to be giving this a seven, which is one lower than the score I gave for Perfect Blue. It's just the ending was just I didn't like it that much, and I just don't think that it's very memorable. So yeah, that's my score seven. That's completely fair. I I agree with the um, the the frustration at the end of the film versus the the intrigue or the 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 continued confusion like that you might have had with Perfect Blue. So um, it is weird because I think that this has a much more clear cut ending than Perfect Blue did, but it, for whatever reason, this ending is like not as def definite it, it's not as yeah. definite yeah it's like yeah, it's, it's so satisfying weird either it's not um, satisfying at all i 100 percent agree that that is not yeah, yeah so not like my opinion is i'd rather have a show of ambiguous endings than have a show of a bad ending yeah that's fair i think that's completely fair so yeah pete why don't you go i thought paprika did a really good job on a vast majority of things the music the sound the characters the animation it was wonderful so i was trying to see like where i would rate this is it better than Girl Who Left Through Time? Which I think we all are pretty much have the conclusion that it is the staple of an 8 out of 10 movie. Yep. Is this better <laughs> than this? It is. That's all. I'm going to give it higher than 8. Then I Obviously, we've been comparing it to Perfect Blue all night. Perfect Blue is one of my favorite anime movies of all time, and I give that a 10. And it's not, it's not better than it. Uh, the ending and the character dynamic between Chiba and Toki... Tokita really like threw me for a loop i hate bad endings bad endings can absolutely ro ruin a show example darling the frank sing yesterday for me where it literally drops me like two to three points this is only dropping at one point though so i'm gonna give it a nine i really enjoyed it i think if you're a fan of satoshi Kon that this is wonderful work i think it was a i had a great time watching it i had a lot of fun and yeah it was just it was just a really good movie Fair enough. All right, yeah, so uh, I, I don't want to echo too many points. I mean, I've kind of been chiming in here and there with everyone else's uh, conclusions as well. Uh, like we've said, it, even though A Girl Who Leapt Through Time is a more perfect 8 out of 10 movie, I still found this one to be an 8 out of 10 for me. Like, I couldn't... I do agree that this one is uh, a little better, but, but even then, I don't know. I enjoyed Girl Who Leapt Through Time more than this because I was so frustrated by the ending of a girl who leapt through time that, that you know that's why i didn't give it a nine versus this it it felt like an eight throughout um especially at uh, after that ending i think it solidified it for me where i the visuals are stunning and again that i would love to see more satoshi Kon. uh I, I hope we get a chance to do that soon uh uh and yeah i don't know it's it's uh it's so hard to describe as describe this movie, but I, I'm very glad I watched it. You know, like I, I would recommend it to people who like Satoshi Kon works. Uh, so yeah, I, I just it's such an eight out of ten for me because again, it frustrated the crap out of me at the end of it. I was so frustrated uh, by the romance that again, I get even even after going back and hearing like what you could piece together as being romantic i didn't see it that it's way it's not all. it's not great like it's, it's not it's not even great even if you believe it like miles uh could it says like you could see it being there i can't i just cannot and that frustrated the crap out of me um 
so yeah, I that's an eight out of ten for me. Which, if I do some quick maths here, it very comes easy out math for you. Very easy math, very yes. Uh, of an eight out of ten average for, uh, score for us. Which, when we look at Mal, uh, they it is at an eight oh seven. Yeah, so it's an eight point oh seven. So we are pretty much on pace as usual with the people at Mal. I don't think we've ever been off by more than like a point in general. Non-Baco is non-Baca. like two and a half points. Well, yeah, but non-Baca is non-Baca. There's, um, there's an exception to every rule, so that's just the yeah, outlier like on a bell curve. Three points on non-Baca. Non-Baca has a 7-3-5. Does it really? Now, yes. What the hell is wrong with the people what? at Mal? <laughs> 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 well, you said that we're usually on point with the people on Mal. I know, so that was the make, joke. So thank what you. does that make us? <laughs> thank you for explaining Are that, we Johnny. wrong? No, oh, it is the God. children. The joke gets funnier yeah, when you explain it, so I'm very... Yeah, uh, poor Cat. Yeah, yeah, we love you, Cat. Like, enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if those wondering, Cat, Cat's still here. He's just uh, busy, so it's okay. You know, everyone has their obligations. Uh, hopefully, they'll be joining us soon. Speaking of which, we have our special Christmas anime uh, episode, where we're obviously, you know, one would think we would do it December 28th, the closest date of our watch club that fell near Christmas, but no, we are not that well organized. We are not that smart. So instead we did nominations last week or last session uh, to do our Christmas episode two whole weeks late. So uh, after those nominations, Miles has our show that we are watching going into next week. Yes. So <clears throat> first off, I want to start by saying go Zags. If you look at my shirt here, you will see that it says making history. We are number one. Now, you might note that one of the shows that we had nominated was Yuri on Ice, which OP is History Maker. So, did I wear this shirt for that reason? No, Yuri on Ice actually came on last, last place. That's so, insane. <laughs> yes, A low Gabriel dropout? It no? did. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Shout out to Haz for voting for Gabriel dropout first overall. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Haz. And someone else did. I don't remember who it was, but... Uh, yeah, so uh, Gabriel Dropout was in fourth. Um, in third place, we have the very strong, and I'm interesting to see if this gets re-upped. It won't because Haz isn't here. Never mind. Um, Re-Zero Memory Snow. In second place, and won't be re-upped, is we have A Place Further Than the Universe. Um, but because the name of this show is, in fact, What Do You Say, Satoshi Kone, um, we will be watching Tokyo Godfather. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> so... We're just so going we're through the discography. We're, we're yes. doing another movie oh, yeah. uh, next week uh, or two weeks from now. For, so to celebrate Christmas, what better than to watch what most people I think would agree is the best Christmas anime movie or, or Christmas related movie of all time, which is Tokyo Godfather. So yeah, there we go. Um, yeah. So now that we know what we're watching two weeks from now, uh, man, Amazon is just getting all my money as I rent these shows from them. Uh, I guess they're they're maybe they're influencing the vote secretly. Who knows? I've just been um, buying them. <laughs> you've been buying. See, I just rent yeah. them from, from Amazon. For I assume bucks. I'm going to like the Satoshi Ko movies. I haven't been disappointed yet. It's <laughs> well, yeah. No, I I know I'm not going to watch them again, really. So, uh, and it saves me like ten, uh, like five bucks. So, you know, got got to be on that budget. But anyways, now we are nominating shows for the week of. Let me pull up my little calendar. It should be for the week of the tw uh, January 25th. So that's uh, the the 
show following our Christmas episode. So this can be nominations of any kind of show. You know, we're going back to normal nominations. Uh, of course, you can re-up the same show or a show that has been done in the past. There's no limits to it. So uh, just to uh, kick us off, Miles, why don't you go first? Unless you're not ready, in which case Johnny can go first. Johnny, go first. <laughs> there we go. I'm glad everyone does their homework and comes prepared. I'm ready. Show, I'm ready. Is is all right, uh, Pete? Why don't you start then? Oh, geez. Okay. I guess nobody else is ready. Uh, yeah. So I still think. I, it, sorry, Johnny. You got cut off. Um, just, just go. Just go. Oh, I am. <laughs> um. So I'm a big fan of having five dudes talk about really random shit, and I want to continue doing that. So I'm going to re up prison school. Because I think the level of etchy and comedy in that show, while five dudes discuss it, would be a great episode. So my vote goes to Prison School. Prison School, so non-Baka, but but good. But right, good. So, and yes, way so. more etchy. Way what, more etchy. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Way more etchy. It's great. That, that makes it better automatically, because it's like non-Baka is just a tease. There's not actually really much etchy to it. Um, all right, uh, Happy, do you have a show to nominate? I think I do, and it's one that I tried to nominate before, but it got vetoed because it was too long, so I'm going to modify it. It's going to be the Persona 3 movies, but it's going to be only the first two, because the first two movies are kind of like their own arc in and of themselves. Okay. And the last two movies are more like just are more like a two-part ending, if that makes any sense. No. But sure. Uh, but we uh, might th- find out if it gets enough votes. Well, that's, Feel that's free my to point. vote yeah. for the <laughs> Persona movies in the comments. You all are allowed yes. to vote. I know at least 10 of you or so get to the end of these videos, so please participate and vote. <laughs> yes, please do, because uh, it makes it more interesting. Because, like, you know, just thinking about last week, we had five nominations, which means anyone who nominated can only vote for four potential shows. And especially since one of those shows was supposed to to be a throwaway slash something we didn't vote for in Gabriel Dropout, it basically left us rating uh, three shows in what order we would like to watch them. It, it is essentially what it came out to be, um, at least for me. So I, uh, we would totally appreciate your input because we, you know, we want to talk about stuff you guys want to hear about as well. You know, like obviously it, um, it's limited to only the things that we nominate, but please uh, throw throw shows out there or come join our discord and talk to us and say hey you guys should totally one of you should nominate this show for for a week and see what happens like please please give us the your input we 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 look forward to your uh to your feedback to your your comments to your oh pat's really dumb he totally ignored or missed a certain point of the movie because i always do you know like please give it give us all the shit that we uh we we can take it and and we're excited uh, to take it so i'm uh, really interested about paprika by the way because i think that it's super possible we miss stuff on this so yeah um like i never even thought about like what was in the different dreams and like does that connect to the themes or anything or what's happening like i just assumed it was random stuff i didn't make any connections if there are any leave a comment yeah please again uh we we want to hear your opinions or uh which of course Knowledge. you can't leave a comment if you're on something like spotify check out our youtube check out our discord again all those things that we're going to say at the end of the episode anyways but yeah so uh uh pete gave his nomination uh uh johnny i don't think you did yet and i was about to go and then yes he, uh, well no i told pete to steal it because i didn't think you were ready but i see that you were so go ahead yes so my, since pete is going to re-up a show he previously nominated i will do the same so i will be nominating chunibyo love and delusions yet again okay uh so the uh the show with the the scene where she she tries to catch the paper and it just sits her in the face yes, that, that's all i is really know about that show um also the finger spinning thing 
Oh yeah, yeah, the the gif of her, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's that's uh that's all the same show. Is that is that done by Studio Dean? Uh, it's random. Thought. No, it's. I believe it's Kyoto. Animation. I'm pretty sure it's Kyoto Animation. Oh, it I, is. Oh, sure wait, is. I have a book that tells me that now that I think about it. Um. Also, oh, that I means forgot. that you don't read you don't read books that people gave you on Christmas. No, I have not gotten to it in the two weeks since I or the week and a half since I've received it. Unfortunately. Um. Thank you for calling me out in front of everybody. Um. But yeah, so um, Miles, what have you got for your nomination? You know, I thought about this a lot, um, and I, I've struggled. And you know what? We're gonna still we're gonna adventure to a brave new world, and I'm gonna be a liar, and I'm just gonna re up a place further than Let's the again. Let's go! I thought you were joking. I did not think you were actually gonna do that. Yeah, no, I. You know what I mean? I was thinking about. I was gonna play it safe. I was gonna nominate to Tommy Galaxy again. There's oh, a thousand yeah. percent chance that I would like to Tommy Galaxy. But that's not why we do this. We do this to watch things that we might not normally watch. Correct. Um, and to challenge ourselves a little bit. And honestly, nothing sounds more boring to me than four girls going to Antarctica. So we'll find out potentially in two weeks. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> it's not that boring, we assure you. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess that just leaves me. And uh, I don't know. The I, I'm just going to re-up Yuri on Ice. I've done it two weeks in a row now. Apparently, it didn't do really well last week, which is, sho again, shocking to me. Uh, considering I, the I can't believe my shit post beat your actual post. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Your, your accidental shit post. I, I will. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I can't believe that that show did so poorly, especially after the week before when it wasn't a Christmas or winter-themed episode. It did well. So I'm curious if it was just a spur-of-the-moment thing or not. Please vote for Yuri on Ice. I do want to have a reason to watch it. Um, otherwise, I might have to, to change things around next week. But, we'll, we'll, you know, that's part of the ride. That's part of the fun of uh, these nominations. So, yeah, thank you uh, guys for joining uh, you know, Miles and I's crazy idea of, uh, of a watch club. And, uh, Pete, why don't you take it away? Yes, thank you so much. Uh, if you are interested in talking with us, all that fun stuff, we have a Discord. Links in the description below. We also have a Twitter. What do you say, Annie? That's what you say, A and I, on Twitter to stay up-to-date information on the podcast. We are now entering Anime of the Year Award Zone, so look forward to the review of last season, and then we're going to get into our nomination and actual Anime of the Year show, so that's going to be super fun. We are also affiliated with Books A Million. It is a website where you can buy physical copies of manga, light novels, and other just normal books if you read normal books crazy who those people are uh yeah if you use the link below you get special deals and you help out the brand so be a pal and use the link <laughs> other than that we'll see you in about a week for next or the current season's review of anime so thank you so much and we will see you next time